Freebie Wednesdays. I got a freebie. I got a freebie. I got a freebie. Hey, 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 hey. Download my new freebie. It's six steps to heck yes. You will learn what to do right when you get an inquiry all the way to asking for the sale and celebrating when you get that heck yes on the car in 24 hours. Super fast. I know it's ghosting culture, but not in the get a heck yes. How? So go to my website, heckyesmedia.co to get the freebie and much more. Today I have a special guest, a friend of mine, Molly McCauley, photographer and educator of Make Pretty Workshops. She is a true gem in the industry and shoots five-figure editorial weddings. So crazy. I love her story of buying 6K worth of men's luxury shoes. Sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it. Molly is a real deal and go check out her course. It's insanely amazing. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey everyone, you know me, I'm Carissa Wu. Welcome back to Get a Heck Yes. I have my friend Molly McCauley today here. Um, she is a fine art wedding photographer based in Los Angeles and New York with a master's degree in photography and background in design and fashion. Molly's approach is thoughtful and curated with a spontaneous edge. It's totally you. If given the opportunity, she'll always choose a timeless black and white photograph as homage to her days in the dark room. And also more recently, she has a photography editorial host with Make Pretty Workshops. She's a photo mentor and a brand curator. Welcome, Molly. Hey, girl. How are you? Good. When was the last time I saw you? It's been a while. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it was a while. The most memorable time was probably when we when you had to get together at your house. So, like, I feel like there were just a million people in your house, but it was super fun. Uh, oh. but that was a while ago. Yeah, we went to, like, the knot party together, and I think yeah. had a farewell party for Hannah one time at your house. Oh, my gosh. Just lots of lots of little things. Um, I love our community in Southern California. It's so nice that everybody gets together. Yeah, so good to see your face and hear your voice. So are you based in L.A. and New York right now? What's um, It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love to keep it a little bit of a mystery. Um, so many times when I have client inquiries, they're all just like, so where are you based? And I'm like, I'm glad that you don't know. Um, but I am based in Los Angeles. And my other market is New York, but I do a lot of destinations. So it's really kind of ambiguous. My East Coast headquarters is in New England. So like, I'm just all over the place. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love your new website. It looks absolutely stunning. Oh, thank you. Yeah, go check her out um, on Instagram and website. Everything's going to be linked. And today's going to be our topic is the ins and outs of editorial wedding photo shoots and workshops. You have an amazing workshop that we're going to talk about. But before that, I want to just get to know you 
and your story because I'm all about your story. So just walk us through like where everything, like from when you're a kid and then also like to where you are now today. Very yeah, it's all good. It's, and I tend to be long-winded answering, so we're good there. Um, it's interesting. I grew up in a very creative family. I'm from the middle of nowhere in Northeast Wisconsin. So um, you wouldn't normally associate that with an overly outgoing and creative family. But my mom was an art teacher. She's a goldsmith. My sister has always worked in... Um, has always been creative, but worked in creative fields as well. Um, and I found that that was just always such an, a place of ease for me. Um, growing up, I was not great in school. I always found creative projects and art and, um, I was a competitive dancer for 15 years. So I, I found all these art forms to be such, a, a way of like releasing and feeling at ease um, and often used to make up for my lack of school um, yeah, abilities. Yeah. Like I wasn't <laughs> like a very studious, like Same. I, wasn't, I wasn't good at school. Yeah, you're creative. Um, yeah, I was creative. Exactly. Um, so super lucky to grow up in a creative family. When I went to college, I got my under, undergraduate at University of Minnesota. Um, during that time, they did not have a photography major. So I was actually very fortunate to be able to do, create my own um, degree within three different facets of the liberal arts college. So I was able to petition for a specialized degree. And so my degree technically is in design, retail merchandising and photography. Wow. Um, yeah. I always have had an interest in fashion, design, just really anything um, within that realm. So at like my junior year of college, I went and did a study abroad program in London. I worked for a fashion house. It was so amazing, such a transformative year. Um, and then when I graduated from college, I moved to Los Angeles to help some family out. I moved there with a suitcase. I was not planning on staying wow. long term. And then 15 years later, here we are, right? So um, it was yeah. it was not a, a planned move. But when I moved there, I... Um, worked for a fashion company for a while, realized real quickly that I didn't really love the ethics of fashion. So um, got out of that. I was a nanny for a while and then just really knew that I wanted to be doing something with photography. I always kept feeling that pull. So in 2009, I went and got my master's in fine art photography with the wow. intention to teach. I was always intending to actually go the collegiate route. So funny enough, the the not smart student is looking to be a professor, which, oh, wow. you know, when you're in, when you're in the arts, it's a little bit easier, but, um, yeah, that was my goal was to be a professor, teach photography, teach art, um, help other people, um, who struggled like I did. So, oh, that's you know, a decade later, here yeah. we are still haven't, still haven't done the professor route, but have really honed my craft, built a super successful photography business, but have really allowed, my strengths, which are teaching in person and like mentoring and helping people and like having this visceral hands-on experience, that's a strength of mine. It's something I love to do. So I was able to kind of trade my MFA for in-person workshops that um, really just feed my soul. And I find that people um, are much more receptive to information and learning and especially those who learn how I did. So I, I'm glad I'm able to kind of like fill the gap there. Oh, that was a great story. <laughs> oh, I've told it a time or two. Yeah. 
And of course, you would like um, petition for your own major because you're so. I mean, go go get it. Do I ever do anything normal? No, <laughs> I'm not a normal human being. Oh my God. Okay. So tell me about this fine art masters. Um, I know you mentioned professor, but I never heard mm-hmm. that before. No, for sure. I went to get my master's and quite frankly, it was a really, really brutal experience. Anyone who's been to art school understands how, um, you're just scrutinized day in and day out. You are forced to really look at your work. I think that's actually, you know, double-edged sword. That's how I got such a discerning eye within my work. I'm able to be ruthless when I'm calling, when I'm editing my work down. I always feel less is more um, in a lot of cases. So for me, um, it was it was a really hard experience. I was one of 13 people and I was definitely the black sheep, not only just in attitude, but the type of work that I produced. Um, I was often given the feedback that my work was quote unquote, too pretty. And what's (laughs) interesting, what's interesting about that is I've now made a career out of being too pretty and like producing pretty work. So I, you know, got the last laugh, of course, you know, I'm not bitter at all. Yeah, um, but that's so interesting. Yeah, it was a really tough two and a half year program that really allowed me to examine how I am able to produce conceptual art, like obviously, you know, advance my craft and get so much more um, better, be a better photographer overall. Um, but it was a very, very like taxing experience. I always say it was the best thing I would never do again. Wow. That's so interesting. I, I never heard anyone go through that type of experience. Um, just to relate with you, like I am from a creative family too. Yeah. My sister is a, like a journalist writer. Like um, I, my dad like did photography, like my cousins are photographers and artists. So, and I did really bad, like in school too. So we're kind of, yeah. and also yeah. um, me and you, our coaching style is very different. Like we teach totally different things. Um We'll, we'll talk more about your workshop, but like, yeah. I'm more like Zoom, you're more like in person. Yeah. Um, I guess walk us through like, what it's like, we're going to get into it, but like what it's like taking a workshop of yours. Yeah, it's funny, because I offer a couple different um opportunities, if you will, like, yes, we have the overall workshops. But for me, like when I decided, okay, I'm not going to professor route, and I want to create this like, hands on, but just very tangible, like education and mentorship. That's really kind of what it is. So yes, I do zoom calls, I prefer in person, but I do zoom calls, I do website audits, I do all of that kind of stuff. So there's a facet of ways that we work together. However, I think, Um, the in-person workshops are where people really, really benefit. And it's not only a chance. I always think there's such an opportunity when you allow yourself the chance to play. And I think often on a wedding day, we shouldn't be taking, like, we shouldn't be experimenting on someone's wedding day. Like, I understand, like, if you're really honed in and you got all the shots and you want to do something a little, like, different, cool, but, like, we shouldn't be learning as we go. We should really, really try to like continue to protect our or 
perfect our craft. But what I love about a workshop is that you just get to be hands in it. You get to say, oh, that worked for me. That didn't. You get to start, you know, playing with more editorial posing. If you're sick of like the stagnant, you know, vanilla cookie cutter posing, this is, this is the opportunity to see, oh, what do I like? What would my clients like? If, if I'm attracting a client who really loves, style me pretty or Martha Stewart, they're going to pose very differently than people who want to be featured in Vogue or Harper's Bazaar. So when I'm educating people and, and coaching them, guiding them through on these workshops, I'm usually there side by side. I'm there happy to direct for people if they need to see how I direct my clients. Um, I also give them the freedom and space if they just want to roll, like that's totally fine. But I'm there to help really just kind of push the envelope and help them experiment so that they can uncover maybe something that they didn't realize they loved and that they want to implement further into their, you know, business. So three, yeah, three editorial workshops, um, changed my business entirely. Um, and it was because I felt so stagnant and so stuck in my work that I created three editorials for myself because I'm a control freak and I want to be the one that's, you know, doing it. Um, it's not for everybody, but like, um, it changed my business. It it allowed me the chance to create work that I had been wanting to create rather than the what the clients were hiring me for. A lot of times I wasn't working on weddings that I was inspired by the design or the decor or, you know, they weren't very fashion forward. Those are all things that I love. So I was able to create um, those opportunities for myself and obviously for others who attend my workshop that, um, really just like give them that elevated, get them excited again and give them the confidence to put out work that they're proud of. And, you know, in turn, like, you know, put them up against different photographers that they've never thought they might be competing against or raise their prices or so many different things. But um, really it, it all comes down to just expanding your vision as a photographer. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I know me and you talked to, um, about this a long time ago, but I think you were kind of like a workshop junkie and you would go to a bunch um, and you would kind of like, you felt like you left with maybe like nothing or stuff that you you heard before. Um, but I think maybe like your background with all this like education and the two years of master's like and going to all those workshops like really helped you, um, I don't know, create this amazing workshop that people like get out of it. What is something... Like, what is like a great review that you got from a past student of like going to one of your workshops? Oh, that's such a good question. I've gotten so much good feedback. I, what I appreciate is um, Make Pretty was essentially born out of feeling that there was an aesthetic that was missing in the editorial wedding, like workshop space. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you think of fine art wedding editorial, you, you think of this very romanticized European fairy tale in a, in a chateau or wherever, right. That that's kind of what would always come to mind. And I see a lot of those being implemented. Don't get me wrong. They are beautiful. I am not here to say that anyone like that. It's not great. Uh I've attended a number of those and have gotten really amazing images. However, my personal aesthetic is different and I'm meant to fill the gaps and I'm so grateful that people are resonating and that they're getting like content that they love. Um, 
I think uh, a number of the remarks that I've gotten from past attendees have just been how helpful it's been to be on site and willing to give them feedback in the moment. I think a lot of times at workshops, sometimes the workshop lead takes um, initiative to make sure that they get all the shots. Whereas in my workshops, yes, I'm shooting alongside with you. I'll show you the back of my camera to show you techniques and all that kind of stuff. But it's not about me. It's about you guys getting like the content that you want and that you need. Um, One review that stuck with me actually was um, a gal who attended our workshop in London last year. And she came back, she edited her work immediately, put it up, did a blog post. And within like six weeks or something like that, she booked a client for that venue. And that to me was just so exciting that that return on investment was there. And, you know, like I've had others say the same, it's just like the level of fashion has really allowed them to like, you know, display a a bit more of an elevated portfolio and the design details and that it's not looking like what everything else is out there. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. People are invested. No, that's amazing. I mean, it's interesting that you said like, it doesn't have to be like in the chateau or um, you could, you know, have editorial shoots, um, luxury shoots, like at a, like a, I don't know, downtown LA or anywhere, anywhere. Um, How would you describe like your style and how do you get a dream client? Yeah, I, um, my style, I would say I would lean, I definitely think I still have a very romantic style, but more on the sultry, sexy side and less on like the fairy tale side, if that makes sense. Mm, That definitely translates into my editorials. You'll see that in styling. You'll see that in fashion. Rarely am I going to get like the massive tool gown that is, you know, like flowing down a staircase. Like I'm not typically going to source that kind of stuff but designers like Naeem Khan and like uh just so um like Danielle Frankel she's like my favorite designer um that sleek sexiness that is definitely my style my aesthetic when it comes to tabletop and and other detailed decor I always say Scandinavian chic because if you think of when you think of that in terms of I'm always very influenced by interiors um when you think of that you think of very streamlined clean sometimes minimalistic but it definitely doesn't look cheap not minimal on the cheap side like let's like luxe and lush in its own way um so in those like minute details and very stylized moments um for example um I had a editorial at Sea Ranch Lodge and that's in the like along the Mendocino coast on Northern California um last summer and it was beautiful but these if you look it up it's called Sea or the Sea Ranch Lodge and the buildings the structure everything everything leans to that area it's a very niche type of community in Northern California so everything's designed around where we're going and what is there and what's local and wow. you know um but with my little nuanced like influence infused wow I mean I think that was probably the best um I don't know the best time I've heard someone describe their style like it was, oh really oh yeah good. it was that was extremely descriptive and I'm I'm such a visual that. I'm such a visual person that I have to draw in other sources to really like get my point across or for me to understand things yeah so yeah. I'm probably overly descriptive in some ways no, I love it's, it. the only, it's the only way that I can really process like 
the parts and things that I love and what I aspire to, um, you know, have within my style too. No, that's amazing. Like even after becoming a coach, I actually articulate my style differently now. Like I say, oh, one of my core pillars is variety. And I totally oh, yeah. like explain it to the T from like start to finish. And I would have never kind of found that unless I started teaching people that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's so important too. Like it's yeah. so important to understand so niche, that you right? that you have range. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. Okay. So our hot topic today, we pretty much have been talking about, (laughs) but it's the ins and outs of editorial wedding photo shoots and workshops. Explain this hot topic and why it's so near to and dear to your heart. Yeah. I think because I, like you said earlier, I actually probably wasn't a workshop junkie. I loved going to anything social or going to any shootouts or anything like that. In terms of workshops, I hadn't invested in too many only because I really wasn't drawn to the aesthetic. So the ins and outs, in my opinion, is I don't think people should go to a workshop just to go if you don't feel pulled. I think you should definitely feel this like yearning once you see a mood board or once you see the venue or um, the design partner that people are working with, any of that kind of stuff. There needs to be this like visceral reaction in order for you to invest in something because let's let's face it these aren't cheap they're Mm -hmm. not cheap to produce first of all but they're not cheap to attend either and it's like you're looking at having this one day potentially be able to make a huge shift in your business so it's worthwhile the and the investment's worthwhile but there's so many nuanced parts of it that i think people don't realize or don't understand and i think The number one thing is like really just feel a pull towards whatever that is, whether it's the venue or style, but Mm -hmm. the ins and outs for me are really paying attention to the details. Like, what do you need to tell a story? What do you like? What are you able to capture? Um, Are you getting really full story details from flat lays to tabletop to outfit changes to cake cutting? Like what, what does that look like? And every workshop's different. There's kind of different tiers, if you will. There's kind of content days where they might have a bunch of different stations where you can just get a lot of like kind of standalone hero shots. Mm -hmm. And then there are definitely styled shoots that might be a little bit more thought out and like have a storyline behind them. And then of course there's workshops where you really are there. In my opinion, when someone labels something a workshop, they should be getting education alongside of it. So that's the hand, you know, the hand holding or guidance as much or as little as people want. Those are kind of like the three categories that I consider styled content days. Um, yeah, yeah. That's but thank you for explaining that. Cause yeah, no, because I, I think, think some it, people don't I, know that. I think uh, it can get confusing. Uh-huh. I think it can get confusing and I also think it gets confusing when people think oh I'll just do this myself I'll just put this together myself where where people don't understand how much things cost people don't understand like that you know having a beauty team on site is like hundreds and thousands of dollars thousands of dollars like the the venue site fees like you shouldn't be putting together styled content at any venue or with any vendors that don't align 
with you or where you want to go. And the thing for me is like, I'm willing to pay five grand to have a workshop at a venue that I feel will really elevate uh, people's portfolios, that it's a sought after venue, that it's seen as a luxury venue. Um, I will, I will gladly pay that fee because that's worth it. And then of course, you know, you just have to charge accordingly, you know, on that kind of thing. But if you're looking at doing content yourself, you don't realize that's one element. That site fee is one element. You still need gowns, you need beauty, you need shoes, you need details, you need jewelry, you need models. And I'm, I'm a a firm believer that like, you should be working with professionals because I know so many people will just group together and do a shoot for free, but just because it's free doesn't mean it's going to really get you anywhere. It needs to be stylistically aligned. And oftentimes I'm always seeing like, Oh, model call for this. And I used to do it. I hold my hands up. I used to do it all the time. Um, But I will say that like, since I started doing my own editorials over the last three years and launched the workshop in late 2021, Um, I only use professional models and I find professional models who are real couples. So it's like, it takes, it takes the work out of needing to see if there's chemistry or see if, and then like, there's nothing worse than going on a workshop when they're not a couple. So you can't get a kissing shot or that kind of stuff. Right. So they know how to move their bodies. They understand a bridal portrait will have to look like this or like that grooms can, really just kind of bring the oomph that we want, like instead of this like stagnant handover, you know, crossover in front, which most of our couples aren't models, right? So like yeah. they they don't know. But the more you get to work with professionals, the easier it will be to make your clients look good. I was shooting weddings basically for free or for like a grand. And I was having to haggle for every single session to try and like show them my value. And now I have clients coming to me saying that they want to work with me. And I have more importantly, other people in the industry recognizing my worth and asking me to work with them, which to me means even more than the clients because they're people who've been in the industry for 10 plus years. They've seen, you know, hundreds of other photographers And they're able to recognize me and the value that I can offer them. Yep, that's my student Kimberly. She's just one of my dozens of students crushing it. Go on my website, www.heckyesmedia.co and book a 15-minute strategy session with me. Only if you want to be booked out on multiple preferred vendor lists and have a proven marketing plan. Oh my God. Yeah, it just brings me back to... When I first started, I would go and model mayhem and like ask them if they have a boyfriend. Um, and then my first, yeah, yeah, my first out shoot at the OVI, I kind of put it together and I, it was so stressful, but, and I got hives, like I like broke out into like rash and another style shoot. Like we got, we didn't know it was like, they're charging, you know, by over the hours. So oh, yeah. every like 30 minutes, that bill. Hour, like, kept, yeah, that bill kept going up and then at the end we got hit with a large go we're like oh crap like yeah and it's just like it's all those things like even just um producing the shoots in London like London's one of the trickiest places to actually produce anything or film anything because of how the city is actually structured and anyone who's going there might not know that and might not know this but like 
I needed like six to seven different permits just to shoot in the different locations that I wanted to. And it's like, not everyone's going to do that research and it's not producing your own stuff. I'm not saying people have to, but, um, it, you know, it can be very rewarding to have your own branded content, but just know that it's a lot of work and it's a wow. lot of money. Um, how yeah. the hell did you do a workshop in London? It was a lot of work. <laughs> so like I said, I studied there. Um, and honestly, it was probably my most trans transformative year of my life. Like there was just so many life changes that happened. It was at like a pivotal time, just like in becoming like a woman, like I was turning 21 there. I was just like feeling, definitely feeling like more myself and developing who I was. Um, but it's always been my favorite city since living there. And I always vowed that I was like, I will come back here and I will work here. I've always wanted to move back. Um, but in the meantime, it's like, I want to just find a reason to be here. And when I I was developing my calendar last year. We started the year off in Mexico, which was amazing. And then uh, because I'm based in, you know, um, California and New York, I always have kind of have a flagship workshop in California or in a, in a flagship in New York. So I knew I had multiple dates. I had two in California last year and one in Santa Barbara and one in Sea Ranch and then had a few um, New York workshops. But I knew that I wanted something in Europe. And I was like, if I'm going to do Europe, I'm going to do the city I want. And it was London. And wow. it was a lot of work and a lot of chaos, um, but so rewarding. And and then look, that gal, you know, was able to book a UK client because of it. So, I mean, super rewarding, but a ton of work. Wow. Okay. That is so impressive. I have this kind of a weird question, but I like, I like shopping and I like clothes, but I'm not, I wouldn't, I don't know any like brands of like high fashion or designers. Um, if someone really wanted to reach out like high-end clientele, like, like your clientele, like where would you start of like giving them like tips and tricks of like what to start reading or where to start yes. branding themselves or what, what sites to go on? Absolutely. I think the number one thing is first determine where your ideal client wants to be published. So everyone has an ideal client or who they're reaching for, right? If your ideal client wants to be published in Vogue, their fashion sense is probably going to be a little bit different than people who want to be published in Martha Stewart or... Um, brides or something of that nature, right? So the first thing would be identify where your... Um, ideal like client wants to be published. This is so funny because I actually am, you're getting the inside scoop. I'm releasing a course on this <gasps> on, on editorial. Yeah. Oh like it's not, it's not out yet. It's, it's soon. Um, but I, I, all of this information is in there because these are things that people just don't know. So it's identifying where they want to be and then finding the common denominators within those type of clients, right? So, you know, your Vogue and Harper's is going to be a much more elevated level of fashion. It might have a bit more edge. So, you know, you're looking at Prada, you're looking at Gucci, you're looking at all of those. Whereas somebody, you know, who wants to be in Martha Stewart is going to be a little bit more like like tightened up, like they're much more of a Chanel, Chanel bride or like a Chanel client, right? So just thinking of your clients in that capacity is really helpful when you want to start up leveling your other content. So I always like tell people the fastest way to make a portfolio look more expensive or more uh, luxury 
is to create your own flat lace with luxury shoes mm-hmm. and jewelry. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, fake it till you make it right. Like uh-huh. go buy all the shoes at Saks or Nordstrom, shoot them, return them after. Like yeah. it's, you oh, know, please. no harm, no foul. You're not wearing them. So no shame in the game. No shame in the game. No, no shame in the game. Every celebrity stylist does this. Like uh-huh. stylists do this all the time where they pull and return. So like, it's no big deal if as long as you're not wearing the wearing the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there was one day where I had a box show up from Nordstrom with like five pairs of designer shoes. Was that like a, a that was like a six thousand dollar like oh Nordstrom my tab? God. But you're returning it. Like if you have the capability, I'm not telling anybody to go in debt into debt yeah. for shooting and creating content. But if you have the capability and you know that you can return and that they are returnable items, um, it's a really quick and easy way to just like stop in at the store, pick it up, shoot it the next day and return it. Um, right. You know, easy ways also to play with how you are, you know, facilitating your flat lays. Like maybe there's something a little bit more avant-garde that you want to play with or, mm-hmm. or you want to try rather than that, you know, normal, like what we all, how we always see shoes um, or jewelry or a veil or whatever it is, right. That applies to anything. So um, no, I totally, I totally get it. I would, I had a subscription to newly um, oh, yeah. and, and it was like $70 a month or maybe 80. And I would get like four or five dresses and a month. And I would just bring it to my engagement session because, you know, you, you give them style guys, you tell them what to wear, you tell them to go shopping. And then sometimes they just, you know, they, I don't know, they look kind of mad. They just don't know. They don't yeah, know what they don't exactly know. Good. And even if you tell them not to wear stripes, somebody's going to yeah. wear stripes and it's going to look distorted on the, on the images. Oh and it's, my just, God. it's not, then you're going to have to like, they're going to ask you about Photoshopping and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, style guides go so far. Um, I think what's really nice is I'm at a point now in my career, like obviously this isn't always the case, especially if you're like trying to get out of luxury bride or trying to get out of budget brides and move towards like middle market and like high end and then into entry level luxury those are all different types of clients and what's tricky is when you're in that in between they're not hiring a stylist they're not hiring those people that like your entry level luxury luxury and ultra luxury are they're working with stylists they're not necessarily pulling their own clothes but when you're working with this like middle market you definitely have to guide them yeah and it's visuals. I used to make mood boards for all of my clients so that they would know what like the vibe was that we were trying to go go for. Um, I also was very hands-on on on planning their engagement sessions. I was hands-on in determining the locations. Like just because we live in Southern California doesn't mean you have to have your engagement session at the beach. I'm just telling you right now, Mm -hmm. I give you permission to tell your clients that they don't have to get their photos taken at the beach. There, I don't even so, like the beach. Like I'm just, I'm not, I mean, it's just my car gets all messed up. <laughs> I know it's like it's one of those things where it's like, and you know, you just never know. Is it going to be overcast? Am I actually going to get a really good sunset? Like we don't know. So, um, yeah. it's there's just there's so many elements to it. But the more hands on that you can be in helping to curate your clients, especially in that medium market, yep. like it will help you to refine the imagery to start bumping up and you know start working with people who are more attuned with their own personal style and have, I'm not saying people don't have tastes in the middle market, but I think there is just a level of um, refinement that, you know, as you move up in the, in the wedding markets, it's refreshing to have clients that just know. 
Oh, I love that. What is your biggest accomplishment in your business? <laughs> Still being in business. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I think, what is it? Like the, the, the failure rate for photographers is so high, especially in that first Polico five. is not going to fail. That's for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things. And I've had iterations. It's like funny because I actually just dropped the co I'm no longer Molly and co I'm now Molly McCauley. So I'm my full name because I, I decided to let go of my associate program. Um, that's when, you know, you have other photographers shooting underneath your brand. Um, I realized I just didn't like it. I am not great at relinquishing control. So for me, um, it was actually more of a stressor than uh -huh. exciting. I was like, regardless of how much I'm charging for these weddings, this is not, I don't like this. Yeah, anything could happen. Yeah. You just don't know. And, um, if I mess up on a wedding, that's on me. I can take credit. If, if I have an associate mess up on a wedding, I'm just pissed, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those scenarios. Um, so yeah, I've had many iterations. I'd say, I, I would say, honestly, just the resiliency of like uh, finding out what you're good at. And for the longest time I was trying to blend in, I was just trying to blend in. And I realized that I've always been a black sheep growing up, just being out there, like in my MFA program, I'm, I'm not meant to be somebody who like gets lost in a crowd. And it took me a lot of time and like Aww. confidence building to get to a place where I can say that without feeling like I'm being like cocky or arrogant. Uh, it's uh -huh. more of just a confidence in myself and my style and my ability and what I offer to my client, the expertise. And now what I'm offering to other photographers through my education, I just feel so lucky that I've been in it for as long as I have 15 years is no, is no small feat. Uh, and I've, I've experienced a lot of different scenarios. I feel like I've been able to weather storms left and right, like throughout the, you know, growing pain years of, you know, not knowing, should I go full time? Should I not? I don't know all that stuff. So, I mean, it's just been such an evolution. Um, so I think yeah. it's a resilience. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty resilient too. And I'm just trying to think about, you know, my daughter or my daughters and just mm. instilling that in them. So when I tend to like, I feel like I always like want to give them like everything they need um, yeah. to the T and this and this and classes, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, what actually makes a person, you know, resilient is like the struggles yeah. and like not having everything. Learning. And yeah, like, yeah, struggling a little bit. So I think that's um, what my, my mom told me once. She's like, if I ever had to describe you like in a word, it would be like perseverance. Like, oh, it's that. just Beautiful. like, I'm the type of like, I'm an Aries, I'm an Enneagram eight, like, I'm just the person I was like, I'm just the person that's going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always that's just always been my MO. Um, oh. I'm not gonna lie, I will say booking my first five, five figure wedding was a pretty amazing accomplishment oh, that felt yeah. that felt really good. Um, yeah. But I think just being able to stay relevant in a saturated industry in, in a market where stuff changes so often trends come and go and just being able to stay true to myself, but also be just in it still. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah. Molly. Um, okay. Some fun rapid questions. Let's see. Yes. Oh, I love this kind of stuff. You never I don't know, know what, what I'm going to say. You but... never know what you're going to get from me. I don't know. What's like your... I don't know, favorite place you ever traveled to for a wedding? For a wedding, uh, Geneva, Switzerland. Oh, crazy. 
Amazing. Um, what is what do you like to do for fun? I like to watch movies with my husband. He works in the film industry. So it's like we used to have Sunday morning movie dates um, before COVID because now movie theaters are like there was like a whole stretch where uh, movies just like weren't a thing for a while. So I love doing that. I have three dogs. So I'm constantly, you know, dealing with those fluff balls. Um, I it's funny because I love to travel. So I'm was really, I feel grateful that I was able to make that a core part of my business because I get fulfilled by that, like for work, but I also just like, I, I love to just go out and explore live music in other cities. I love that. Oh yeah. I've seen your dogs on Instagram stories. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I used to see them all the time. In one word, how would you describe your style? Just one word. I would say effortless. Ooh, I, I would totally agree. Yeah. I would yeah. say effortless. I mean, I I'm going back and forth between like effortless or like timeless, but I feel like timeless is like, so, it's an oversaturated word in the sense where people mm-hmm. I also think don't use it like appropriately, yeah. but because I have a film like photography background, I think there is a part of me that always just like relishes in the fact that like people aren't going to know what year my photos were taken based off of editing styles or based off of certain things. So it's like, um, timeless in that sense. But I think the number one thing that I get back from my clients is that it's their favorite portraits of themselves, but also that they didn't realize that they could ever feel like that. Um, and that I was able to put them at ease. So I think that translates into, into the work. Oh yeah, totally effortless. Um, if you could have a magic wand, where would you see your business in three months, 90 days? Um, a successful course, la- course launch, which is, you know, <laughs> coming at the coming like next week or the week after um, we're, we're starting to drivel out um, different uh, fun little tidbits there. So a successful course launch. Um, gosh, so three months, what does that put us at? That's in June. Okay. Um, I've got a number of like different events. I'm shooting at New York Bridal Fashion Week. So just having a really successful um, week there, networking with people, getting, you know, getting further connected there. Um, gosh. And I think maybe just like booking out a few, a few more weddings that are just like, that feel like heck yeses, you know, like that you're like really, really excited, um, to book. I, I'm fortunate. I'm at a place where it's, you know, there, the stars have to align for both of us. Like Uh I'm not, I'm not at a place where I have to take weddings, like, Uh because I feel the need or the financial pull, like I used to, Uh but I'm excited that I get to say yes to weddings that I'm very, very invested in. So, Uh, you know, tacking, tacking, yeah, tacking a few more of those on wouldn't, wouldn't hurt either. That's a dream. Okay. Last question before you tell everyone where to find mm-hmm. you. Sure. Um, just wedding photographers, professional florists, DJs, everyone in the industry, like struggling um, either to, to book or to find their style or to like shoot these high-end weddings. They just feel like so stuck or down on themselves. Like what's your best advice to give them? Usually this is like the hard truth for a lot of people. I, I really, um, think there's a lot to be done when you do some self-examination and reflection on who you are and what you're wanting more of, and then really, really looking at your work. So if you are a photographer, planner, what whatever you are, 
is the work that is out there circulating, is the work that is showcased on your website, is that what you want? Because if it's not, you need to curate. You need to you need to figure out how you can shift that. You're not going to attract the people you want by showing work you no longer are interested in shooting or, you know, designing or, you know, if you still have burlap on your website, get it off, you know? <laughs> so it's it's that it's kind that. of stuff, you know? I think I think the first the very first thing would be curation. And the second thing would be if you have the means, and I'm not saying this just because both you and I work in this space, but as soon as I had the means to invest in somebody who I could use as a sounding board, as I who I could use for honest feedback, um, and really just like coaching someone who had been where I want to be, um, getting that insight. Uh, as soon as I started working with a, I've, I've worked with a number of different coaches throughout my business. Um, but as soon as I started working with somebody and really just like, sometimes you're too close to it and you need that outside voice. Um, as soon as I started working with people like that, professionals like that, I was really able to get a grip on how I wanted to expand and tangible things to do to try to appropriately market to those things, to get more bookings, to get more exposure, whatever it is that is your goal, you know? So I love that. Amen to that. (laughs) I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying I say that to everybody and it's like, not even to people who I work with, but I'm just like, Oh, go find somebody. Like, yeah. go out there and find somebody, I have a find someone too, so. who's a fit. Yeah. Amen to that answer. And then where can everyone find you? I um, have two different Instagrams. So I'm going to give you all the workshop content first. So the w- workshop is make pretty workshop and the website is make pretty workshop.com. Uh, the Instagram is make pretty workshop. So you'll be able to see all of the latest um, happenings there. There's an email list. If you want to get, I always give our email list first dibs to any workshops. Something that's a little bit different about mine is I limit it to six attendees. It's a very intimate wow. um, uh, experience. So oftentimes workshops sell out to our email list. So that's a really, really nice, um, nice way to get all the details first. Um, There will be a course launching in the next week or so. So if you get onto those platforms, um, if you especially uh, Instagram, uh, that's going to be the place where you'll see that drop uh, and be available to you. Um, And then my personal photography uh, business and website is mollymacaulay.com and that is mollymacaulay underscore photo on Instagram. So you can find me there. Um, Lots of pretty happening. Yay. It's so nice to catch up. This is an awesome conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.